Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 71 of Dead Man's Chest. We're back, officially, as it were, ready to deliver that Pirates of the Caribbean breakdown you've all been clamoring for now. Hope you were able to actually get out and maybe accomplish a few things over the last week while we responded to a kind of like an out-of-the-blue family thing that needed our attention. Something that we had to deal with. Yeah. Something we weren't happy about. <laughs> Let's just say that. But we had to deal with it. It's done. As adults, we had to deal with it. As pirates, we probably could have brushed it off. That's true. And not dealt with it. And let it go. It's true. And let families emergency things just happen but no we had to take like a responsible thing or more you than me let's be honest about that oh yeah but we're not going to get into that here because i'd at least like to take some credit (laughs) for some of that i'd much rather be a pirate yeah pirate's more awesome let's just say that you don't have to do things if you want to if you're a pirate you just sail away from the problem exactly or you cause the problem and then sail away Anyways, it kept us away from the mics and interrupted some pirate discussions. And that is blasphemy. Exactly. Pirate blasphemy. Just like the end of last season, that break before launching season two, or maybe this unexpected week off, makes me realize how much I really actually miss the show. I do. I totally missed it. something's gone when I'm not doing it. I totally missed it last week. Mistied it? Yeah, I don't know. I got misty eyes because I missed it. Yeah, it's weird. It's like something is missing. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? It's weird. It's like a sad emoji mm-hmm. pops over my head. It's weird because I like miss the show so much when we actually have to step away or there's a break or something. It's just like bizarre. I don't know if it's because it's like a routine doing it and then it's gone and you're just like, huh. Yeah. It's but I enjoy doing it. That's part of it. It's bizarro world. Exactly. Seinfeld already coming into play. And this is one of the reasons we have like a three day per week format is, you know, because there's a lot of work that goes into actually these yeah. shows. And it helps and allow us to do this. And then, sad emoji again, we actually have to live daily lives. Life other than gets this. in the way. Yeah, you what know? the hell's with that? I have no clue. But I have to say that, like, knowing how much work actually goes into each episode, I mean, it's like really is like hours of planning and work from start to finish. Yeah. You were to like look at start to yeah. finish, it really is. So tell your friends to check out the show just because we put in the time and you don't want tears rolling down our cheeks. No, our little half hour thing takes hours to at do. Least, I say at least 36 hours of planning for each 
20 to 30 minute show. I think that's a little excessive, but. But that's how good it is. <laughs> it's how it comes across. People go, oh my God, they must have spent three days doing this. And that's a <laughs> solid three days. But all is good for the most part after having to take that unscheduled yeah. stop. And the Black Pearl Show is now embracing the open seas. So uh, maybe we shouldn't belabor the break any longer and just hit the ground running with Pirate Word of the Week. It's Monday. That it is. Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate Word of the Week in five, four, three, two. You'll be dead as a pig I ate last night. When you first started to say you'll be dead, I immediately went to the cantina scene with Luke at the bar, (laughs) Ponda Baba, walrus man. (laughs) You'll be dead. No, but anyways, okay. That's where my mind went. So now, like, rehash it so I can really take this in and get out of the Star Wars mind. You'll be dead as the pig I Quit ate saying last that. night. I keep thinking that. Okay, one more time. <laughs> Serious. I'm, I'm going to focus this time. You'll be dead as the pig I ate last night. That's pretty brutal. It is. It's actually from Martin Consby and John. Martin Consby's Vengeance, a book by Jeffrey Farnell. So it's taken from it's a from a book. book. Yeah. And it's Martin Consby and John talking. And it's just basically, oh, it's just talking. So it's like a phrase that was thrown Yeah, out. they said, are they dead? Nah, not yet, master. Give them six minutes or say ten, and they'll be as dead as the pig you ate of last night. All right. And it's actually a book about a classic pirate. It's a classic pirate tale of, a, of the Spanish main featuring a female pirate captain, Joe. A female pirate captain? How dare they? <laughs> okay, yeah, we've talked about female pirates before, so I guess yeah. that's okay. I, I was embracing my 18th century men rule the world persona there just for a minute. Mm. But now i got to come back to reality. Yeah, you better. We all know that uh, women secretly rule the world. That we do. Dang it. All right, but at least that's something that we could actually use at work then tomorrow. Right. Or today. We'll be dead as a... Or any day, I should say. Yeah. Tell your boss that. He tells you to do something. (laughs) You'll be as dead as the pig that we ate last night or something like that. (laughs) In the previous minute, Captain Jack Sparrow, the master of camouflage, melts into the Twelve Daggers Tavern walls thanks to a few leaves. Ah, invisibility. The former Commodore Norrington goes full out Scooby-Doo and blames life's problems on Mother Nature. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for that meddling... Hurricane and channels his dumb and dumber by sailing through it. <laughs> Never a good choice. No. And let's not forget that all choreographed hell breaks loose to the tune of two hornpipes. Minute 71 begins with Jack Sparrow asking and telling Gibbs, kind of does a ask and tell, takes us back to school like a show and tell, but this is an ask and tell. Time to go. Time to go. Maybe I should say it more like a question. Time to go. Yeah, there we go. Gibbs gives a positive eye as they both calmly try to navigate the barroom brawl for an escape. The minute ends with Jack upstairs in the tavern, stepping aside and telling the fighting patrons to carry on as they throw another customer over the balcony. We end just as someone grabs and begins to hit a fellow brawler over the head with a guitar. Breaks up the uh, Tortuga Pirate Band. Yes. Which I don't like that. No, it's very Might mean that our music's coming to an end in the next minute. And I was really enjoying the music. It really was. Yeah, me too. But it's like, oh, blimey hell. I mean, is this going to be a short show? That's my question. Let me take a stab at rounding this up for everybody here. The fighting continues from second one to second 60 in this particular minute. 
We'll be back on Wednesday with Minute 72. <laughs> Seriously. It's all this is. It's just a brawl room. A brawl room. Maybe that should be a new coined a word. Dance. Bar rooms that have a brawl become a brawl room. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, there's like really a lack of content other than cliche bar fight things. Brawl yeah. fights, like I was saying. But I do say that with like the utmost respect and enjoyment for this minute. Because I did like it. Oh, I did too. It's almost like I needed a break. It's almost like, it's like, hey, you guys, we know you had to deal with something and you had to go away. How about we give you a little bar fight to come back to? (laughs) Nothing taxing on the mind. No analysis. Just a bar fight. Even the winches are fighting. Oh, really? You brought that up. Man, that's like my go-to thing. Even the winches are fighting. (laughs) And when we talked about the trope last episode, not the winches are fighting, but like the barroom trope, and we went through the checklist of everything we usually see in a TV or movie fight. It's like even like complete with someone swinging from a chandelier. But there are like some good elements to actually talk about. You know, some tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff. So here's my tongue-in-cheek list for the minute. Okay. It's like a few of my favorite things list, which that one it happens to be in honor of my good friend Julie Andrews. She just came over for dinner the other day. Yeah, that Julie. Known for her pirate roles. <laughs> Julie Andrews. You've seen her earlier subpar work and Sound of Music, that kind of stuff, before she graduated to pirate roles. Anyways, tongue-in-cheek list. And I wouldn't get too excited for this. I'm not saying it's, like, great. It's just my things that I thought I liked. It's, so it's kind of I liked it, basically. Just tried to put a new spin on it, I guess. Okay. But it's like I said, you know, oh, hell, when I look at the content for this minute, because it's not like really a Davy Jones related minute. So we can't like inject more Davy Jones information here. You know, all that backlogged information on Davy Jones. So it's like, damn, the movies by minute format. We just got to roll forward with this. But Jack and Gibbs casually walking through the bar fight. That's my number one. They're avoiding the conflict while everyone around them is consumed and sucked into this fight. Yeah, they have to duck a couple of times and yeah. stuff, but yeah. Really? So you're going to go there? This this is my list that you're hornswoggling with your own list? I'm just list. adding a little comment in You're there. adding colorful commentary? Yeah. Well, that's part of my list. Oh. But so just jump in. We'll see how many of these you actually check off my list like you've already done with the winch fight. How dare you? <laughs> that was almost my end. And I changed it because I opted for a different ending. Okay, anyways. Walking through the bar, casually kind of thing, during the fight. I mean, this is also one of those cliche-type elements, but it actually works here, too. Yeah. I don't know if it never does not work for me when I see that happening in a movie. Especially for Jack Sparrow. He's set the precedent before with this kind of stuff. Using his wits to avoid a fight. Because in Curse of the Black Pearl, during the Pearl Interceptor battle, Jack escapes the brig. You know, gets shot Yeah. Climbs out. Manages to slip through the conflict. Back and forth from the ship, chasing the monkey, the medallion, that right. kind of stuff. So he has set a precedent for being able to do this. And now we're seeing him do it again. Yeah. So that's check one. He's got stealth mode. Stealth mode. Stealthy. <laughs> stealth mode. What the hell is that from? <laughs> Besides every video game ever. What movie is that? Stealth mode. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. Number two. I love the whimsical two hornpipes playing in the background. Yeah. Is it that fun, upbeat cadence for the fight? Ah, uh, everyone's having a great time at the 12 Daggers Tavern again. People walking <laughs> by. Oh, sounds like a ruckus. I should join that one of these days. 
I don't really have much to say about that. I just really like the music playing in the background. It like fits with the fighting. Oh yeah, it does. It's like it's uh, pretty. It's, yeah, it's awesome to sit there and listen to the music and watch the fighting because it's like choreographed so cool together. I said it on the previous episode when we talked about the two horn pipes is that I could listen to a loop of that. Yeah. But I could probably listen to it even more if there was actually like that on a loop with the fight on a loop. Yeah. That should be something that I would just put on the TV when guests are over. (laughs) Just for some ambiance. It's just a continual loop fight with that song playing. There you go. Chandelier swing. I like it not just for the cliche aspect of it, but because it reminds me of that old school classic pirate movie kind of stuff. Yeah. Or old school swashbucklers. I should say swashbucklers because it wasn't just pirate movies. Because it gives me that Errol Flynn vibe. Maybe even an old western vibe at some point. Yeah. So I like that. I can see it being done in a saloon. Oh, it's been done. Yeah. There's a good moment too when we see Elizabeth enter the tavern. She gets like this scowl on her face when she sees Norrington's sword fighting. Right. And my thing here is that she actually looks like when she gets a scowl and she sees Norrington, because she's looking at Norrington from what we could tell. Then she pulls out her sword like she's going to attack Norrington. Yeah, okay. Now we have to put the list on pause here. Because you just, like, as I said that, I'm thinking, how did I not really put this in my notes? And when you mentioned that, it just kind of jogged it. But this is something that's interesting. There was history between Norrington and Elizabeth, okay? Yeah. This is the first time she's seen him. Right. Since a lot of this happened. Right. Basically curse, if we want to kind of call it that. All of a sudden, she comes into the bar, and out of the blue, she sees Norrington fighting there. There's two things. The scowl could be twofold. It's, oh my god, I could have been betrothed and a fiancé to this guy. Yeah. If I hadn't luckily fallen off the Fort Charles cliff face there. <laughs> but anyways, she sees him like, oh my god, I'm going to go help him. I can't believe he's in trouble. And she runs over there to do that. But your first instinct is when you see her scowl, you're like, she doesn't like him. And that maybe that's why. Because she went after Jack Sparrow in the crew, the Motley crew. Right. He pursued them. Maybe she didn't like that. Oh, maybe. Maybe it was just the whole, maybe everything got ugly when he left. Maybe. She we didn't think missing. he was really going to go after Jack. Then yeah. he does. Then he disappears because maybe she had some feelings for him a little bit. Oh, I think like she did. Like a friend and a good friend or something like that. She did have feelings for him. She just didn't love him like she did Will. No, and so maybe that's the point. Maybe he didn't contact her in his disheveled state. Maybe. And she's angry at him because, oh my God, he's alive? I thought he died. I thought he died in a hurricane or a storm. Right. And he's here with Jack and Gibbs and... In a bar fight, fighting drunk, that maybe pissed her off. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the scowl. The scowl heard round the Tortuga. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe. But I thought, too, that she was running over to, like, I'm going to stab that bastard. Right? She acted like you thought that that she was going after him. Yeah. And not somebody else. Exactly. But then it turns out that she was helping. Yeah. So she just ends up running over to help. He ducks out and takes a swig of rum. So this is getting back to my list portion here. That's the awesome part. She comes over to lend a hand. He bails and takes a drink. Yeah. Women's lib action here. (laughs) Plus it's Elizabeth. And given it's like she's sober, 
It's better if Norrington gets rehydrated with some booze. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. He's going to do that. Oh, 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 wait. Kira Knightley's one request when doing this movie was that she wanted a sword and to be able to use it. Because she got a sword in Black Pearl, or The Curse of the Black Pearl, but she wasn't able to use it. And it I was think they gone cut it out, right? right away. Did they cut that scene out? I Maybe. think they may have cut that Maybe. scene out. So she wanted a sword in this movie and to be able to use it. I think that helps complete her pirate transformation and persona. Now she is pirate. Yeah, exactly. Now she's actually part of that swashbuckler club hmm. that she can actually sword fight now. Yes. And that we see that she's grown, too, as this pirate lady. Yeah. That she can actually sword fight now. Right. So maybe that's part of it. But yeah, that's interesting that she came back and actually wanted to be a basically a pirate now. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of demands, Orlando Bloom also had a demand. He wanted real boots and not just the stockings. Oh, his uh, pilgrim shoes? Yeah. So he wanted boots in this movie. I can see that. Yeah. He wanted to be more of a pirate as well. Right. That would have been awesome, though. She gets a sword and she's all decked out pirate and he's still <laughs> in his little buckle shoes and tights. <laughs> we know who wear, would wear the pants in that family then. Exactly. I think we know who wears the pants in that, that family. That we do. Part of the entire Jack, back to my list, idea here is that he makes it through danger without a scratch. It's almost like it's an old Mr. Magoo cartoon. An old-timey cartoon, Mr. Magoo style. Because he just narrowly misses danger. Drops to pick up a hat at the right moment before being hit with a bottle. Or a bottle hits the wall. Yeah. So it's like all those narrow misses. Right. That he's just doing, but he doesn't even intend to do that. Because it's in all kinds of movies we see this kind of stuff. We've seen it a thousand times. Yep. Those with their eyes open. Can't speak for Heather on that one. Because it's like, that picks up with Jack trying to find a new hat idea here too. Yeah, he's going through everybody's hats. Yeah, it's like a great moment throughout the minute. Yeah. That's probably the theme of the minute. Oh, because he lost his. He gave his away to the Kraken. Oh, well, congratulations. Thanks for catching back up. I just wanted to remind everybody. Really? Yeah. Maybe you and Norrington have something in common. The booze right now. But that's the problem here, trying to find the right hat. If I can try and hurry and skip away from that one. Also, as a hat wearer myself, I mean, not having the hat. Just feels wrong. So I know where Jack's coming from here. Well, he still has him, his bandana thing. That's not a hat. That's it reminds me that I want to get a hat at the Pirate Festival. You can get a hat at the Pirate Festival. Yeah. Yes. That's a pirate hat, by the way. I'm sure listener Cynthia out there has some good recommendations for that. Mm. Probably sway you in a direction or so. Yes. But Terry and Ted, the writers here, just for those who didn't know, discussing this whole scene, kind of this bit. And they said they kind of think it was inspired or reminded them of Memories of the Great Race. And that's basically a slapstick from 1965. It was directed by Blake Edwards. Had notables. Well, okay. Notable actors from yesteryear. Tony Curtis, Natalie Wood, Jack Lemmon. Our favorite Peter Falk, Columbo. Just one more thing. Natalie Wood gave her heart to James Hey, there's no singing here. Basically, the movie is just a race that takes place across... Three continents. And I'll leave it there. Because I don't want Heather to start singing again. (laughs) And back to the list here. The tongue-in-cheek break in the fighting thing that we get here. That's on my list. When they stop before they crash into Jack? When they're throwing the guy over the... Jack then tells them to carry on. Yeah. And then the dude gets thrown over the balcony. After he takes his hat. Oh, he gives him a hat. 
I don't think he did. He give that guy a hat. Yeah, he put the hat on him. On the guy, did he, he didn't like the one he had, so he. Gave oh, it maybe to him. that's so. Yeah. No, not the was not the one who's getting thrown over though. He accidentally take he takes the hat from one guy and then gives him a little tap, and the guy is off balance because he's hammered and falls off the balcony. Now I have to rewatch this. There's a lot of hat exchanges here. <laughs> now we get to the spoiled one that I had on my uh, list. Winch fight. Winch fight. Thanks for that, Heather. <laughs> Two winches rolling around on the ground. Yep. Hey. Not just, uh, well, it's not just for men. They're all in the background scurrying around in the upper level up there, too. Exactly. The winches, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Whole group of them. Well, they're watching what's going on. You can kind of see them they're smiling that, and looking. But they may be just kind of fighting a little, too, and well, a lot of pushing winches each are other fighting. around. It's like equal fighting rights for men and women. Yes. Equality. Men and women both should have the chance to get black eyes and lose some teeth. Yes. There you go. like fun. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. And the last on my list, it's the way the minute ends. So it's not necessarily what's happening here, but it's the actual cutoff when 60 seconds hits. It's like a freeze frame right when that guy is about to get clobbered by the guitar over the head. It's like I'm waiting for someone to walk out. Because it, <laughs> it just, it almost hits him. It's just about to, and that's the end of the minute. Huh. The guy grabs the guitar from the pirate, the Tortuga pirate band. And is about to smack that other guy fighting. And it freezes right there before any of the action takes place. And like I said, I'm waiting for some like narrator to step in and give us a few lines here. <laughs> Dude, actually, you know what it is? What? That's a Dukes of Hazard reference. Oh, Just yes, before they you're go right. To, before they go to land the I jump totally or go forgot. to commercial, I want Waylon Jennings to step in and say, oh, those Duke boys have sure got themselves <laughs> in a fine mess this time. It's like Dukes of Hazard. it is. That's what it yeah, is. Totally, they would freeze yeah. that. Yeah. All because the minute ended just perfectly. I totally forgot about that. It's like an official to-be-continued ending for 80s huh. TV shows. That's what's awesome yeah. about it. But I need the Waylon Jennings voice to to do that. Yes. I'm, I mean, my voice is like a singer's, I've been told. So maybe I'll have to practice that. Get some, uh, just a good old boy action going on. Yes. So anyway, this minute. <laughs> Way to brush me aside. <laughs> This minute reminds me of something you'd see in like Knott's Berry Farms or something like that. A little show you would see. Like the little old cowboy show we see yeah, that one time. Yeah, I can see that. You know? I, I do a, now know. With all the people running. You know, it's just totally something I you would see. I just said I know now. At a, yeah. Anyway. It is. It's like if you were to go to a Wild West show and uh -huh. see them actually doing something. Yeah. And then they reset and redo it. Yeah. But that's what's fun about it is that you see it and every time you see something different when you watch it. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I like it. There's also something else I like, but it's not like a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. It's like the cinematography here. At second three, yes, I'm calling out a single second in this minute. The camera does a tracking shot from Gibbs and Jack, but one of the supporting columns that support this tavern structure is in the way. So we end up losing sight of the action very, very briefly. But as it passes the column, the candle on the wall sconce comes into frame and we get like that peaceful break in the action just for, it's for less than one second because then the fighting is starting on the other half of the mm. screen. But we get a real nice focus on this candle. Then the fighting continues and we're popped back into reality. I really did like that. And that connects with the lighting here too because there's a lot of soft glows like this fire illuminating the bar fight kind of right, thing here. Right, yeah. All the candles, the fireplace. And I really do enjoy that use of flame light. It like casts this nice glow and it sets the mood for a good old 
brawl. What's shocking is with all the candles and everything that nobody's caught on fire here. That's true. Because there's you know so, what? there's candles on all the tables and everything. Yeah, you know, with that kind of fire action, yeah. That yeah. would almost lend itself to another type of cliche if we caught somebody on fire. Right. But that gets more like, since we're talking about it'd 80s be a little TV over shows. over the top. It's though. like, yeah, it would be over to the, the top for this. And it'd be like another Fall Guy introduction. When the, the Fall Guy TV show is starting, there's that one scene where Lee Majors is supposedly on fire. Comes mm. kind of thing. So that was just my 80s reference. I really need to <laughs> watch some couple. Fall Guy again. No, I think it's so outdated these days. Oh, I'm sure it is. If I were to watch it, I'd probably go, oh my God, I like this show we, when I was a kid. We tried watching um, Dukes of Hazard. That was a little did we? we did. Are you sure we tried to watch it? I, I think, don't remember. I think we did. I don't did. think we did. That's it. Dukes of Hazard We is tried on to watch a couple different shows and we're like, oh, okay, we can't do this. Well, come on. I think one of them was the original MacGyver maybe we Yeah, played. MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> which Calm is, down over there. Which is just it was like, just MacGyver. Which is just a goofy movie anyway. A movie? A, a TV that's... show. Sorry. TV show. You're thinking of the other guy. And now to try watch it these days. I'm sure it is. MacGruber <laughs> is the movie. MacGyver is the television show. I, I don't really have anything else. Saturday Night Live. No, it actually became a movie. Oh. Like I said, I don't really have anything else. <laughs> Neither do I. Just a good old-fashioned bar brawl that stands the test of time and doesn't get old for me. At least. Right, yeah. It's Do you awesome. have any bits of wisdom or anything else? The music goes on. The music does go on unless it stops because of the guitar action. Well, it's still going in the last... Yeah, the but Waylon Jennings will have to tell us and inform us when we start <laughs> up again on Wednesday. He'll let us know. Does the music really end? What happens to that poor patron who is just there to have a rum or some grog? Ends up in a bar fight? Yeah, there we go. So we'll be back on Wednesday with minute 72. What? Were you going to say something? Sounds like a were bar joke. actually going to interrupt yeah, my Yeah, it sounds like a, a bar joke. A bar joke? Yeah. Man walks into a bar. Yeah. Gets hurt. Yeah. We'll be back on Wednesday with minute 72 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. And the drinking to a maximum. Oh, we need the drinking after the last one. <laughs> let's just a little bit more than the whole of the You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again, and Season 2 is here, and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew Listeners Group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning.
This is a Shoutreach Media production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather. <laughs> 